Good morning. It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Thursday, April 28, 2022. I'm Peter Apathy with Raven News. The Sitka Assembly is looking into the shortage of affordable child care in Sitka. KCAW's Catherine Rose reports. Tori Hay is a member of Sitka's Early Childhood Coalition. When the assembly met on April 26th, she told the group that, as of earlier in the month, there were 60 Sitka families on waiting lists for child care. It takes years to get to the top of these lists, which causes uncertainty and stress as families wait for this essential resource. And as we know, if families can't access child care, they can't access their jobs to help take care of their families. Hay was one of a few community members that voiced support for the Assembly's decision to direct the city's Health Needs and Human Services Commission to look into Sitka's child care shortage and provide recommendations on how to address it. Assembly member Rebecca Hemshute said she supports local officials looking into the problem. I think that the community needs to be aware of the economic cost to the community of our lack of child care. It's not only extremely costly economically in terms of people who can't get to work, but to the families. And it's also an equity issue. Hemshoot listed statistics from Thread Alaska, a child care advocacy group. According to the nonprofit's data, the cost of licensed early childhood education in Sitka equates to around 14 percent of a married couple's income, but makes up about 32 percent of a single man's income and 42 percent of a single woman's income. Child care centers have received an influx of cash in the last couple of years. The Sitka Assembly earmarked around $500,000 of its COVID relief budget for child care, and the state set aside almost $100 million, which is still being distributed. But Assemblymember Kevin Knox said, while working on distributing Sitka's CARES Act federal pandemic funds during the first year of the coronavirus pandemic, he'd learned that the problem was complex and the solutions varied. One of the things I kind of looked at was, you know, what... In the past, what were other communities doing? And there's a massive gamut. Um, There's no single, you know, golden egg for sure uh, that's going to solve, you know, the the crisis that we're in. Assemblymember Dave Miller asked members of the public if access to childcare in Sitka had gotten worse. You brought up that there were that there is a waiting list of 60 names or so, give or take. Uh, How many? Names would have been on that list five years ago or ten years ago. I mean, is it bigger now than it was back then? Are there more people sitting around waiting to get on? Several people in the assembly chambers nodded, and then Sheldon Jackson Child Care Center director Lolly Miller came to the podium. She told the assembly that the challenges are complex. Child care is expensive to provide, and they can't raise the costs any higher without putting too much of a burden on parents but they're experiencing staffing shortages. Miller said she could open her facility up to 20 more kids if she could fully staff it. And she called for parents to stay engaged in the conversation, even after their kids had moved from early childhood into Sitka's public schools. She noted one parent who's counting the days until he can get his child out of child care and into public school, which is free. And that's what happens. Once you're out, do you really think about us after you got your kids out? I've had yours, 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 and his. I've had all of them. Just saying. Her point being, Sitkins should care about early childcare capacity even after their kids age out. 
The Assembly unanimously agreed to ask the Health Needs and Human Services Commission to make recommendations on how to address child care needs and programming in the community. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Catherine Rose. The Assembly also voted to direct the Police and Fire Commission to make recommendations on how to improve Sitka's snow removal process. The rural southeast Alaska school district that serves students in Kluckwan, Angoon, Gustavus, and Tenneke Springs has named a new top administrator. The Chatham School District's Board of Education selected an administrator working in the North Slope to be its next superintendent. Ralph Watkins is the principal of Mead River School in Atkasuk in the North Slope School District, but he says he's long considered Southeast Alaska home. I spent five years in Huna, and so I, I have a real connection with, with Chatham, as Angoon is our sister, is Huna's sister community, and so, uh, and it's a Clinket community, and that is, that's my adopted community, and I just am really, I feel blessed to be going back home. The Chatham School District currently serves 160 students across schools in Angoon, Gustavus, Kluckwan, and an independent learning center in Tenneke Springs. Watkins says he's passionate about serving the regional district's majority Native students and school communities. As an African American, I have a strong connection with Native Indigenous people just because our, our stories intersect so much. And so um, I'm really interested and connected in, in supporting Native educational sovereignty and identity. And so it just seems like the right place, the right time, and the right fit for me. Watkins has degrees from Pacific University in Oregon, the University of Wyoming, and a superintendent endorsement certificate from the University of Alaska Southeast. He's currently working on his Ph.D. in educational leadership from Pacific University, focused on non-Native leaders serving predominantly Native schools in Alaska. Watkins was one of two candidates the board interviewed and hosted one public meet-and-greet forum via Zoom last month. The previous superintendent, Bruce Hauk, passed away suddenly at his home in Angoon in December of natural causes. The board hired former Sitka School District Superintendent John Holst to serve as interim superintendent. Watkins will be relocating with his family to Angoon and will start his tenure as superintendent in July. He signed a three-year contract with the district for a salary of $140,000 per year. The U.S. Forest Service is proposing a young-growth timber sale near Thomas Bay in southeast Alaska that's seeing opposition from environmental groups. As Angela Denning reports, it's one of the first sales to focus on second-growth logging following a federal plan to stop cutting down old-growth trees. The proposed sale at Thomas Bay could mean logging 22 million board feet of timber from about 840 acres of forest. It would focus on second-growth trees that have regrown from logging back in the 1950s and 60s. So much has changed since the 1960s. Eric LaPrice is the acting district ranger for the Petersburg Ranger District. He says the previous Thomas Bay logging came before laws restricted how it was done. How it's done today would look nothing like that at all. The proposed sale includes smaller plots within the original logged areas. LaPrice says there could be one sale for all of the 800 acres or several smaller sales over a number of years. Either way, it would likely involve clear-cutting. But LaPrice says the logging that's allowed today is much more responsible, taking into account wildlife habitat. We would have provisions to retain 
for example, a, a buffer along stream so that it would keep the stream shaded. In the past, areas were clear-cut without thought about the regrowth. Now, the Forest Service monitors logged areas and can do restoration treatments, like thinning if needed, says LaPrice. Right when things are beginning to regrow, that's the really critical time to monitor that things may be coming back the way we want them to. Several environmental groups like Center for Biological Diversity, Defenders of Wildlife, and the Southeast Alaska Conservation Council are opposed to the Thomas Bay sale as planned. The sticking point for them is the size of the possible clear-cutting, which they say is bad for habitat. Katie Rooks is with SEAC. Essentially, it, it will be a clear-cut. The entire area will be harvested using clear-cut. Brooks says that type of logging doesn't follow the Southeast Alaska Sustainability Strategy, which the federal government announced last year. The plan looks to support forest restoration, recreation, and resilience. In addition, the Forest Service released a plan in 2015 that outlined a transition from old growth to young growth logging. And recently, on April 22nd, President Biden signed an executive order to inventory old growth forests. SEAC wants the Forest Service to stand behind its new plans. The environmental group is proposing some alternatives to the Thomas Bay timber sale that includes breaking it up and offering smaller sales to smaller operators. Rooks says that would be better for the environment and would likely keep the product in Alaska and the Pacific Northwest. One reason for the timber sale is to restore the area from the old logging. Although most of the sale money would go to the U.S. Treasury, some would go to restoration work in the area, including improving old culverts. Again, Acting Ranger LaPrice. There were roads and trails that were left in from that that altered drainage patterns, for example. So we would be looking at opportunities where if there's a drainage pattern that was altered, we might want to restore it back to its original water course. SEAC is skeptical of restoration as an incentive for the timber sale. Rook says other logging restoration projects in the region, like culvert work, have proven that it's too expensive to get it all done just from timber sales. There's always a backlog of these things that need to happen. Creating more need for that to happen um, seems problematic. Final approval for the Thomas Bay project is at least a few years off. LaPrice says they hope to have the environmental analysis done in 2023. It's unknown how much money the timber sales will make for the government. LaPrice says he can't speculate until the projects are appraised. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. I'm Peter Apathy, and this has been Raven News. And taking a quick look at the weather forecast for today, mostly cloudy skies in the forecast, scattered rain showers, highs in the upper 40s, northwest winds around 10 miles per hour. Tonight, decreasing clouds with isolated rain showers in the evening. 